there's a movie in the 90s that was, the, you know, there was a time where thrillers actually were a big thing. There's not many thriller movies uh, these days, but in the 90s, there's a movie that was known as The Fugitive. This is, has everyone watched The Fugitive? Fugitive was a great movie. If you love it, it's probably, you know, we're, we're dating ourselves. We're showing we're uh, more advanced in years, but believe it or not, it's um, a movie that was 30 years ago. Uh, but it was a, it, the, the Fugitive is, you know, it was based on a TV show in the 60s. It's where um, Harrison Ford, he played a doctor that was falsely accused of killing his wife. And the whole movie is basically, basically about him running from federal marshals until he figure, figures out a way to prove that he's innocent, that he didn't kill his wife. And if you haven't seen it, you know, and I, now that I'm saying the plot out loud, it doesn't sound great. <laughs> it sounds like... Uh, but surprisingly, it still holds, even after 30 years. Um, you just realize, again, there's not many thrillers, uh, um, movies like that anymore. But this sentiment of that movie about being falsely accused is one, if not the major theme of 2 Corinthians because the church at that time, um, they, there were church leaders that were falsely accusing Paul of not being an apostle, not being who he says that he is. And that word apostle in Greek literally means sent out one sent out one. And that title was only given to those who were sent out from God. That title was given to the 12 disciples. And um, Paul, though he was not originally part of the 12, after he had this supernatural encounter with Jesus that we read in Acts 9, we read in Galatians 2 that the apostle Peter himself affirmed that Paul indeed is an apostle. And Paul was sent out. He was sent out to reach people with the gospel, to build up many communities uh, to believe, that came to leave, uh, believe in Jesus, and he built up this community here in Corinth, and he spent 18 months in this city, in this region, where people came to know Jesus, where he started, he established the church there, and, you know, we went over 1 Corinthians a couple years back, and we saw Paul's shepherding heart, that he gave his love, his energy, his time, his tears toward building up this community. So when he left, and as time passed, the church there in Corinth began to question his authority as an apostle. And he questioned if the gospel message that he was bringing that he had brought to them was adequate. And the question becomes, why did this start to happen? Why did this start to happen? You know, when you research the history behind this, it becomes more clear that the culture in Corinth um, really began to influence how the leaders and the people in the city or the, the believers in the city saw Paul as their leader. It was a culture that valued wealth, they valued high office positions. They valued the prestige. And Paul made tents for a living. Not a very lucrative uh, business. Corinth was a culture with polished public speakers and charisma. They valued that. They loved seeing these leaders that were so well, um, that, that were so well versed in public. And historians tell us that Paul 
actually wasn't a very good public speaker at all. And so when Paul left Corinth, the values of the culture began to influence the church there and its leaders to the point where they began to believe that because Paul doesn't have wealth, that he doesn't have prestige, that he doesn't have the charisma, and they see in their culture, in their city, the influence of the wealthy, of the prestigious, of these well-polished leaders with charisma impacting their people there with a slightly different gospel message. They questioned Paul's authority. They questioned if he truly was an apostle from God. And even the leaders in the church started to falsely accuse Paul of not being who he says that he is. Is Paul truly sent out by God? Because he doesn't have the prestige and charisma that we see in the culture. And so when Paul caught wind of this from the church, a church that he poured his life out toward, that he spent 18 months giving himself to them, you can imagine how incredibly hurt and pained he was to hear they're just questioning who he is and what he's done in the work among them. That was something that was not easy for Paul to hear. And so this second letter to the Corinthian church, for much, for much of this letter, Paul is trying to prove himself. He's trying to prove himself that he indeed is an apostle. He is someone sent from God. Yet, as he begins this letter, as we'll see, uh, and he begins his defense, in a sense, of his apostleship, what's interesting is that he doesn't dive right into address, I am an apostle, and, and, and here's why. He doesn't, he doesn't go with that tone. He actually begins his defense by ministering to them. He ministers to them. He reminds them who God is and what a relationship with God looks like in his own life. This is the character of his ministry that they had come to know very well during his time with them in Corinth. And this not only marks what the character of ministry looks like for an apostle, but what he shares in his opening words here ought to challenge us about the character of our ministry as followers of Jesus. And so we'll see from the beginning of this letter what we'll learn. We're just learning one thing today. One thing, and it's that the character of ministry is shaped by our experiences with God. The character of our ministry is shaped by our experience experiences with God. The authority and authenticity of Paul's apostleship has everything to do with how he has experienced God in his life, which has shaped his ministry. And we're going to anchor ourselves in that simple point and afterwards ask a couple reflective questions to allow God to challenge us where we are when it comes to how we minister to others as believers. The character of our ministry is shaped by our experiences with God. And particularly, as we'll learn here, our experiences with God's character. For Paul, he's here, he's talking about his, God's comfort that has met him. You know, in, in um, ancient letters, it was customary for the opening, after the opening address to 
uh, begin with a brief thanksgiving to a deity. And this is what we see in most of Paul's letters. He greets them um, with, a, with an opening address. And he begins actually with thanksgiving here, but he also uses these paragraphs to remind them of his own relationship with God, how he is experiencing God's character, which leads him to want to reciprocate that to others. Look with me here, starting in verse 3 and 4. It said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with, we, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So you see, Paul here, he, he knows God as Father of mercy, and compassion. He knows God as the God of all comfort, that he is the source of comfort, the true source of comfort. And this is not something that Paul here is just trying to teach. He knows this personally. Paul has gone through, as we'll read later on in the letter, a lot of affliction and suffering, both from false accusations to as well as physical suffering. And God's comfort had met him amidst all that suffering and affliction. And now, as he says here, he, he wants to comfort. He knows how that he can comfort those that are in affliction. And so, in these words, he begins to share some, you know, we'll call it spiritual math, <laughs> uh, when it comes to his relationship with God and his ministry, especially with those that are hurting and afflicted. Look, this is the equation, okay? We're going to anchor in this equation. Paul's affliction and suffering plus experiencing God's comfort, his character, equals his ability to comfort others to that same degree that God has met him. That's the equation that we're going to anchor ourselves in. For Paul, this is the crux of his apostleship, that in the midst of his affliction and suffering, he experiences the character of God, his comfort, so that he can comfort others to the same degree. And that degree of comfort that we experience in our sufferings um, is to the degree that God committed to his own son, Jesus, uh, even from death. Look with me here in verse 5. It says, For we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ, we share abundantly in comfort, in comfort too. In other words, what Paul is saying here is that there is, is a deep comfort that comes from God who was committed to deliver his son, Jesus, amidst the suf suffering that he was going through to carry out the Father's will. And it's a suffering that Paul is now experiencing in his own way. Paul is experiencing and is sharing with Christ a depth of comfort with God who is committed to him and is able to deliver him from suffering. And to this degree that he's experiencing, he is now able to pass that on as a means of comfort for others. You see, for Paul, Christ is the bar in how God is able to meet us. And what God did for Jesus to deliver him amidst the suffering and that he went through, even death, that is what grounds Paul and brings him comfort through anything that he goes through. 
Paul's affliction and suffering, plus his experience of God's character and comfort equals his ability to comfort others to the same degree. And this spiritual math, what you realize, it's sprinkled actually throughout the beginning of this letter. Verse 6, it says, If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same things that we suffer. Verse 9, it says, Indeed, we felt that we have received a sentence of death. There it is, his affliction. But that was to make us not rely on ourselves, but God. See, he's experiencing God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such, uh, such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. And here's inspiring them to understand his comfort, his affliction and suffering, plus experiencing God's comforting character equals his ability to comfort others to the same degree. You see, the character of Paul's ministry uh, is shaped by his experience with God's character. And this is the reality of what makes his apostleship authentic. More than any words of defense, more than any words of defense, this is what is real in Paul's life. And the church of Corinth, I mean, I know it's been a while, right, because he's writing a letter. They know this. They know this. But he is reminding them that he indeed has this deep connection and relationship with God and was sent by God for them. And this is really all I want to anchor on this morning and be able to think about what this equation looks like in our lives because all of us are called to minister to others if we are believers in Christ. You know, though we're not apostles and though most of us are not called to vocational ministry, I believe the principle still applies to us as Christians. The character of our ministry is shaped by our experiences with God. And so there are two questions that I want us to reflect on this morning. The first is, what are your experiences with God's character? What are your personal experiences with God's character? In whatever you're going through, is God meeting you with his character? For Paul and what he was going through, he narrows in on his suffering and his afflictions and even his near death because of his call to preach the gospel uh, as, an apostle, as an apostle. Yet God met him where he was experiencing deep comfort from God in the midst of his suffering. But what about you? What are your experiences with God's character? Maybe you are currently going through suffering and affliction. And maybe it's not because of your faith, but it's just how life is unfolding in your life. Maybe it's um, a health condition that has developed where you could have never predicted that this was coming in your life. Maybe someone in your family is suffering from cancer. Have you experienced his comfort in these ways? Maybe you're going through financial hardship or marital hardship or family hardship, and you not only feel, but you are suffering. You feel that in your core. I'm just suffering. 
This is hard. Have you experienced God's comfort in the deepest places of your heart where it brought you deep peace and deep strength regardless of what you're going through? How have you experienced God's character in the midst of what you're going through? Maybe you have experienced comfort like Paul, or maybe you've experienced his love or his faithfulness or his, his presence in a deep and meaningful way. And if you have, you know that those realities are what shape the character of your ministry because it comes from a deep place inside of you where God has met you. But I want to say maybe for some of us, maybe you haven't been able to experience God's character like that in your life. And if that's you, I want to give some suggestions of how you might experience God's character because this is vital. This is vital for effective ministry as believers. The first is invite God into your pain. Invite God into your pain. There is a vulnerability that we must have in order to experience God's character in our life. We need to be able to share how we feel, share our heart to the Lord. Maybe it's the pains of your marriage. Maybe it's fear for the future regarding your job, regarding your stability, regarding if you're going to get married. These are real fears that we all experience. Maybe it's your stress and how overwhelmed you are because of all the things you have to balance in life circumstances. It's your, your job and your family and work and groceries and you know, driving around kids. And it's just so many things that are going on that feels overwhelming. And in that vulnerability, as we actually share our, our heart, share our frustrations, even our suffering that we feel in the midst of that, and invite God in within that invitation God meets us often with what he has revealed to us about himself through the scriptures. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll be a silent whisper of, I will never leave you nor forsake you, Joshua 1.9. But you, Lord, you are compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, Psalm 86.15 that he gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak, Isaiah 40, 29. See, God reveals himself through the scripture and he can meet us with his character often when we are vulnerable to him and share our needs and share our hearts in the midst of our brokenness and suffering. As Pastor Joey mentioned, our Beloved sister, um, Mary Choi, passed away a couple weeks ago from cancer. I miss Mary. I miss her warm smile. If you knew Mary, you knew that was, that was a big thing God used. Always this warm, bright smile, no matter what. And I had the privilege of getting to know her sitting down with her several times, hearing her story, um, getting updates from her. Um, and 
she had been fighting cancer for you know, the last around six years. And um, I was reminded of her when I was preparing this message. Couldn't help it. That in the midst of her wrestle with cancer, when she had gotten it, and she had been very vulnerable with God, those of you that know her, very vulnerable with God and how she felt. That, but even in the midst of that, over time, not immediately, but over time, God met her in such a way that gave her peace and comfort that is beyond understanding. Where when that time came, her heart was not troubled at all in the face of death. And at some point in her vulnerability, God's character, she said, it traveled from her head to her heart. God met her in the depth of her vulnerability. In your prayers, are you vulnerable with your life to God where he meets you with his character? Because that is what forms our ministry. That it, the character of our ministry depends on this reality of how we are experiencing God in our hearts. The second question I want to reflect on is, if we have experienced God's character in the midst of suffering or affliction, does it equal or does it lead to demonstrate his character to others to that same degree? Does it lead to that? Does it equal that as the equation goes? Paul's comfort from God here becomes the Corinthians' comfort through Paul. His experience with God's comfort shapes his ministry directly with others where they can know God's comfort through his words and through his ministry. Have you experienced God's character in such a way that shapes the character of your ministry to others, to others? Sometimes I think we think of ministry as simply volunteering or serving to fill a need because that's something that we should do because we're Christian. Or that ministry is about teaching people the scripture and what it says to make, you know, to teach them scripture about our faith and that our discipleship is honestly just about having a right theology. And both of these things are good with the right perspective. But for Paul, he didn't minister to others simply because he was a Christian or simply because it was something that he had, he was supposed to do. He didn't share theology because he thought faith was about do's and don'ts and making sure that they just know those things. He, his experiences with God's character led him to display to others what he experienced from his God. And church, we need to reflect on this in our own lives. We need to reflect on this. Are we led to minister to others out of worship we're out of pressure. For Paul, he gave himself to his relationship with God, not because he was trying to measure up with anyone else, but it was a response to how he was experiencing him in his own life. Let me ask you this, church. Has God's faithfulness in your life that you've experienced led you to be a faithful presence to another person? 
Has God's love that you've experienced, his unconditional love, led you to stay steadfast to love someone that may not love you to your standard? Has God's grace in your life led you to demonstrate that same grace to others? Has his forgiveness in your life, as you dwell on the cross, that he died for your sin, our sin, our brokenness, has his forgiveness led you to forgive others to that same degree? Brothers and sisters, the character of our ministry to others, it flows from our experiences with God's character. This is really the definition. This is the definition of what it means to bear witness for Christ in our lives. That it isn't simply that we share the gospel to others, but we, it's, we actually display a life transformed by the gospel. That is the witness. It's not just words. It's a life transformed. This is a life that gives themselves to others because God gave himself to us. For Paul, this is how the Corinthians would know his authenticity, his authority as an apostle, because they can, even at the beginning, he's reminding them that this is, this is remember, this is who I am. <laughs> this is how my relationship with God is, and this is why I give to you. Before he even says any words to address the accusations that were given to him. And for us, this is how the world will know of our, our authenticity of our faith in Christ, that we are demonstrating to others God's character that we've personally experienced in our own lives and that we're changed because of it. As I mentioned before um, about Mary, and I, I, I've been thinking a lot about Mary these last couple weeks, which keep popping in my head. Um, but while she was in chemo, in the midst of her suffering and during the pandemic, she would email my wife to check in on how we were doing. Someone who has cancer, someone who is going through chemo, going through treatments, is reaching out to us to see if we're okay. You see, the comfort that she experienced from God is the comfort that she wanted to give to others. I see it. I see it. I see God who was alive in her. And that's her witness. Just take in what she's going through and what her acts. It's like, wow. God was alive in her, even in the midst of her suffering, because he met her in profound ways that she wanted to give to comfort others in the way God had comforted her. And I'm challenged by that. I'm challenged by that, and I will remember her for that. And I want to know God like that, so that I too can be authentic and faithful to my God, my Creator, and my Savior. Brothers and sisters, the suffering that we go through, the 
and the experience of God's character when we invite him into that can equal our ability to demonstrate that character to others to the same degree. This is Paul's defense from the beginning, that he has a relationship, and they know he does. And for us, may that be our uh, proof that we follow Jesus, because we are demonstrating that life. And if we are wrestling today with that reality coming out in our lives, there is grace today. God wants to meet us exactly where we are so that his love, his faithfulness, regardless of anything that we've done, can impact us and change us and form us so that we can be able to bear witness of his love, of his faithfulness, of his forgiveness, of his peace, of his comfort to others. Let's pray together. Before I close, I just want to invite everyone to a moment of prayer. And are you suffering? Are you going through any suffering in your life at this moment? I want to invite you to verbalize that to the Lord. Maybe you've been bottling it up and you're just saying that, oh, he knows my thoughts, so I don't have to say it out loud. Yes, God knows your thoughts. But relationship is built when we verbalize. I want to invite you to share your heart with the Lord and invite God in as you share vulnerably to him. Because he wants to meet us. He wants us to experience his character in deep and profound ways. And maybe it might not be this moment, but it is a process, something we continue to do. Just take a moment to take time to share with God and ask him, what you need to do that where he might meet you where you are. God, we thank you that you are the father of mercies, that you are the God of all comfort, that you comfort us in the midst of suffering that we go through. God, we, we know that we're not apostles here, but the brokenness of this world leads to our own suffering. But thank you that you see it. And we pray, Father, that as we, I pray, Father, that you would grow the heart of our church in their vulnerability to you. Grow us to share deeply with you in prayer. Not praying for things, but sharing our heart with you so that you meet us with your character. You meet us with who you've revealed yourself to be through your word, a loving and faithful and patient and forgiving and gracious God. Lord, let that impact our hearts in a way where we respond to life circumstances in a way that is different than the world because you're in our life. You're at work in us. I pray that for my brothers and sisters so that as we receive from you, we would truly be able to 
give to others as you and your character shapes the character of our ministry. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.